0: Welcome to An Author Angle, the podcast series exploring creative expression and inspiration with authors, publishing professionals, and other creatives from all around the world. Listen up as host and publisher Ocean Reeve digs into the heart and heads of other creatives and the vision for their work. Be creative. Be inspired. Be published. An Author Angle, brought to you by Ocean Reeve Publishing. In this episode of The Author Angle, Ocean talks with Sally Eberhardt, author of Pain-Free Networking for Introverts.
1: One of the greatest things I love about this industry is that when you work with an author for the very first time, that uh, years later, you're still working with that author. And this is the case with Sally because in 2018, she published Pain Free Networking for Introverts. And now here we are sitting in 2021, and we're in the midst of the final stages of editing with the audiobook. Sally, thank you for coming in and joining me here.
0: Oh, it's a pleasure, Ocean. It's always lovely to see you.
1: You too, you too. And um, you must be excited about this audiobook coming out.
0: I really am. I, I think it's a market that um, I'll reach a lot more people with the audio than uh, I could with just the print and the ebook.
1: Absolutely. I mean, one of the things that I'm really proactive about is letting authors know how big the audiobook market's got and you're finding that back in the day when audiobooks came out, they were quite expensive to do and then there there was not the distribution network that there is now with, with Audible and iTunes and all that. And the audience that are... Listening to it are truck drivers, um, people doing exercise. Um, it's just, it's opened up a huge audience that we never used to have. So you're absolutely right. It is going to be exciting to see how that picks up. Have you had interest in it already? Like, have people told you that, hey, I want your audio? Uh,
0: yes, I have had people say that, yeah, I couldn't, I know it's not a big book, but I, yeah, I don't really read much, but um, is it on audio? You know, I listen to music when I'm. Yeah, or podcasts mm. or audio books when I'm commuting, when I'm exercising, as you say, yeah, doing doing all those things. Mm. And um, I guess it's a little bit of a surprise for me. I am a reader myself, but um, yeah, doing well, the doing the research, yeah, um, especially the as males, especially twenty five to forty five sort of age group. They, they don't read.
1: No. They listen. That's right. <laughs> so the podcast market. Yeah, like so that. I
0: want to reach them too. It's important information.
1: Yeah, so, so is. And I think the, the podcast market's gone gangbusters. Yes. I mean, that's one of the reasons we're here doing this. Uh, and it is that new generation coming up that can digest more information because of audio and podcasts. So I think it's awesome. But anyway, well, let's talk about writing. Why did you decide to become an author? Why write this book?
0: I felt that I had a message that I wanted to get out there. I'd been on such a journey myself and I'd been through through the struggles and things and I really wanted to share that – I wanted to share what I'd learnt to make it so much easier for others. So I know we got, when I started out networking, I was so terrified. Right. I, I just didn't know what to do. I didn't know where to go, what to say. Uh, I made so many mistakes and – uh, but all through that, I learned so much, and networking has brought me so many opportunities. I don't want people to miss out on those opportunities just because they're scared to go to their first events.
1: I get that. I get that. It's a pain-free networking for introverts. You consider yourself an introvert?
0: Definitely. I get my energy from my alone time.
1: Well, okay. I, I do like being on my own, but I don't think I, I feed off energy of other people. You know, yeah. I'm desperate for like you and I are speaking at a um, a conference and. Late February. Yes. And the last time I stood on stage was in New Zealand, January twenty twenty, or February, March. Oh God, it was just before COVID. And I have I did one small gig at the Gold Coast Riders during that time. There was about eight people there because of COVID, but I'm mm-hmm. desperate to get back on stage.
0: <laughs> oh, see, I'm not desperate to get back on stage. I miss talking with people. I love the one-on-one much more. Yeah. The stage is something – it's a it's an opportunity that's come up. It's a great opportunity. I've done quite a lot more speaking – than I ever envisioned I, I would in my life. That's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> pushed me out of my comfort zone. Um, but it's been really good. It's, uh, there's nothing more powerful than an introvert who finds their message and wants to share it.
1: Oh, absolutely. Well, define an introvert for us. How do you define it? Like, to me, it's a, a shy person. Is, is that, that fair?
0: Not necessarily shy, but an introvert is much more likely to be shy than an extrovert. Uh, it, it really comes down to where you get your energy. Mm-hmm. And an introvert recharges their energy from their alone time okay so that's where they they actually get their energy and it doesn't mean that we don't like people we do like people and we we love deep meaningful conversations and things like that whereas an extrovert they actually need the stimulation from from talking with people i do
1: yeah <laughs> oh, you might be an
0: ambivert you you might be balanced quite I, balanced there I, but, uh, I,
1: I think so i mean i i do love just chilling on my own i love my own company and i think that's yeah. part of my mental health as well Is that you know you have to get right with being, being on your own but like i said before i think the energy that i get from other people i i do love it and yes. and it is huge and, and i love that the synergy sometimes that can happen when you when you're meeting new absolutely. people absolutely um Absolutely. W- 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 when you look at misconceptions of an introvert like you said before it's you know it's not that introverts don't like people we do you know introverts do but yeah. w- what are the misconceptions do you think exist around introverts uh
0: we can tend to come off as a little bit um a little bit aloof sometimes and also our our brains don't fire up quite as fast with uh, reacting to things. So sometimes we miss our opportunities because someone said something and we're thinking about it and we're coming up with this really great response to it. Meantime the conversation's gone gone on and we've missed our chance. Oh. So sometimes, yeah, sometimes we come off as, as like having not much to say but it's, we're just that little bit behind in the conversation. But if someone gives us a chance and actually asks a question and lets us just take that few seconds to pause and think um yeah we've thought about it process it. we're going to come out with something good
1: okay okay so maybe it is the pace of an extrovert versus an introvert
0: that's probably Do a very good observation yes yeah, yeah the uh, the extroverts boom boom fire fire fire
1: i now i'm self-reflecting <laughs> no because just before you turned up i was in the office talking to valkyrie she's our publishing coordinator sarah and we were talking about an author and part of the process they were in and i asked her a question and I know she's an introvert. She's she's you know, yes. she's she's fine with that. She's told me that, not that there's anything wrong with it either. But um, she I asked her a question, and I watched her brain tick, and then I just jumped back in there because I, I, I it wasn't because I had to come out and meet you. I just yeah. wanted to move the the conversation forward so that we were getting somewhere yes and i'm actually now looking at quite a few times to do <laughs> i'm sorry everybody uh,
0: <laughs> yeah she may just have needed that a moment. few more seconds to to gather her thoughts and then express them succinctly
1: Right, right. Valkyrie, I know you're listening. I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh.
0: <laughs> Let's talk about the book itself.
1: Okay, it's clearly obvious what it's about, Pain-Free Networking for Introverts. Unpack yes. that to me. What, what, what's within this book that makes it stand out? What are, what are the key features for it?
0: Okay, I think uh, one of the most important parts is actually defining what networking really is and, and what it isn't. And probably if we start with what it isn't it's not prospecting it's not selling no yeah it's the act of building relationships Mm. you know a lot of great relationships start with networking and they develop and they go on to to uh, bring about great collaborations great opportunities Mm. things like that so it's not about making the quick buck it's about the long haul good good and uh mindset is really really important Introverts are a lot better at networking than they realise. They actually have some wonderful, wonderful traits that make them great networkers already. It's just a matter of identifying those strengths and using those strengths.
1: Okay, give us some examples. What are those traits?
0: Are they great listeners. Yep. Um, they're curious, so they ask questions. And extroverts love that because... That's how an introvert keeps the conversation going. You do know as you're talking
1: I'm actually running this through my head with people and I'm going, okay, yeah, sweet. Keep going. What other traits do you feel they have?
0: We're not in it for the quick buck. Yep, right. We don't like um, chit chat. Small talk.
1: Small talk, okay. Yeah, we
0: like to dive deep and get to the real stuff. And so we connect on a deeper level. Right. We look at someone and we'll ask, are you okay? We'll ask, what do you love about what you do? We don't just, you know, what do you do, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. It's like we want to know the nuts and bolts, the whys, the wheres, right. those sorts of things, and that really helps um, build relationships.
1: I, I'm, I'm now thinking authors in general. I think the majority of them would, would comfortably say, yep, I'm more introvert than extrovert. Yes. Because there, there's a lot of that, and, and it doesn't really matter what they're writing either. You yeah. could be writing professional development or you could be writing about selling houses or you could be writing your autobiography you do see that more often than not that authors would say that they find themselves as introverts based on the traits you've just mentioned Mm. so that's quite interesting Mm. and they are strengths yeah they are
0: and and that's what i want to uh, you know reiterate to introverts is these traits that you've got they're actually strengths you know use them as strengths um and yes we do prefer to communicate in writing because it gives us that time to put our thoughts together
1: yeah do you think introverts are more creative than you'd say what is that, is that a tough question or oh
0: that's a really tough one i'm not sure i'd like to make a judgment call on that at yeah. all actually because i do know some very creative um extroverts hey as your well. hand up <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes i just think that you know in writing and in an art um even in dance i think you know there's a there's an awesome way to have a to express yourself through those mediums yes. that introverts might find really kind of they connect really strongly with, you know, um, and I think it's I'm a big fan of creative expression with depression. So when it, when you look at the various personality types there are out in the world, yes, um, I'm always trying to associate a, a type of creative expression with that person. And think you know, you know, this will bring a smile to your face. This will help lift your mood and and yeah, overall bring you some more joy um i know that writing does it for a lot of people it really does and you can articulate things so you can much easier than verbally oh yeah yeah is that would that, that's correlate into what, what an introvert would would show about a trait of an introvert very much so yeah. very
0: much so and even when it comes to talking on the phone we'd rather text
1: right right just trying to look at our relationship Sally, and going yeah well there's more or emails email. than phone. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> but having said that, you look, look, look. We still love the connection. Yeah. We still love that that social interaction. I love it when you hug me. It's like oh, she's not going to let me go. <laughs> yeah, so i love it. It's good. <laughs> but
1: no, I get that. This, this it, it feeds us. No matter who, what, why, are. Yeah, we're it, definitely. It, we're human beings, and we 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 need that connection.
0: Very much so. Very much so. Um An introvert after so much social interaction though just needs to go away on their own to recharge because much as much as we can enjoy it at some stage it can become exhausting right we don't get our energy from it we we lose energy it's kind of like you extroverts suck it out of us quite frankly yes the <laughs> <Yes. laughs> yes. that <laughs> I've got a child um. that's an introvert and, um, <laughs> <laughs> yep,
1: there's, there's truth to that. Uh, yeah. do, you, do, you, do you have habits in your routine in your daily life where you do get to recharge? Have you, you set that in place?
0: I, oh, I think so many of us are working from home, mm. um, a bit more isolated than we were with the whole COVID thing and that sort of thing. Um, but even so, I kind of almost need to recharge from, from writing. Right. So it's more about taking a break. Um, from writing because I um, I do lots of different kinds of writing like I didn't just write the book I, I now do some journalism I do bios and copywriting and short stories and all sorts of things that that's come from starting my journey with the book which is so just cool. open my world up. It's fantastic. I love that. Yeah, I love it. Um, but I need a break from that sometimes. So I go and see my horse and I spend time in nature, just her and I. And she is the best thing for making me live right in that present second. Oh, wow. So that's you you a, hear that a lot about animals and how yes. they how they create that solace yeah. for you. They you have know? yes, no, yesterday or tomorrow. They live right in that very second all the time, and um, so for you to like be there and communicate with animals, animal, you're got to be right there, not worrying about anything else in the world, just you and you and them.
1: Yeah, so I didn't even really know great. you had a horse. Like two thousand eighteen we've been working together. That's three years and I didn't have any, where's your horse and what's it oh. called? <laughs> I love riding. I mean, one of the I got this mission to get back to New Zealand and set up oceanary publishing back there by the end of twenty twenty one. And my my wifey used to ride when she was younger. Oh. And my eldest girl, she was young writer of the year in New Zealand when she was riding, so she was a competitive rider and and I can ride. Yes, uh, I say that very, very lightly. So all those people that are listening to this, I'm not a literally a cowboy, <laughs> um, but I, I do have this uh, goal that I would love to have a horse when I get back home, oh, and wow. I'm looking at you know a, 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 an area that we can buy and that we can actually have a horse quite comfortably, and I just think that those animals are just so majestic and peaceful. Um, they
0: are. They're very spiritual. They're yeah. very. They're very centered. Yes. yes. Yes.
1: And and they create that. Like I said, that solace for you as a human. I think that, and dogs do this to a degree as well because that sometimes, as much as I love people and as much as I love being around them, sometimes I just. I need a break. Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. So, what's your horse's name? Cherry. Cherry. How long have you had her?
0: I have had her at least 10 years and uh, she's in her 20s now. Do you still ride her? I don't. And it's not. Uh, she thinks she's still three. You know? oh, yeah. I'll whistle her and she gallops <laughs> up and carries on and that sort of thing. Um it's kind of like I just don't need to. That's not our relationship now. Yeah. I have ridden her, but not for a long time. Wow. And I find like just hanging out with her and and she'll she'll do tricks. You know, she'll yeah. do anything for a carrot. So she does yoga and she bows and all that sort of thing. <laughs> oh, that's too good that's too good. <laughs> But we just have this really cool relationship, you know, she'll follow me around and
1: so that moment yeah. when you go and go and visit her, she knows immediately, comes over, it's all that, yeah. r- that recognition and connection that you've created yeah. over those. Yeah, that time. Yeah, she's my baby. That's yes. so cool. Do you have any other animals?
0: I have a cat. You have a cat? Love the cat. Yeah? Uh, sleeps at my feet every night, yeah. Far out, that's cool. That's They're so beautiful.
1: Uh, let's divert a little bit. <laughs> what is the most important thing you've learned in your life, professionally and personally? I want to I dig a little bit deeper into Sally. Um, what's, what's the greatest lesson you've learned or the most important lesson you've learned?
0: Uh, that it's okay to be me.
1: Okay. Unpack that. Was yes. there a time when you, when you thought oh, that it gosh. wasn't? Oh, gosh.
0: Yes. I, I think probably very much in, um, in my first marriage, I felt like I, I, yeah, I couldn't be myself if I expressed opinions. You know, we just ended up in this little goldfish bowl of a town. Right. That was very much his town, not mine and um i couldn 't walk down the street without and get a sandwich without being reported back to him what kind of sandwich i 'd had at what time it was just it was just crazy it was just yeah, it was awful um, and I didn 't agree with a lot of the conservative opinions that he and his family had, and things like that but i, I didn't feel like I could speak up i didn 't feel like I would be accepted, so I withdrew into myself so much and even for an inch, that's that's not good. No, no, that's not no. good. Um, feeling like I was isolating myself. You know, I, I'm not going to blame him. I did it.
1: Well, you you know you're conscious of the what's happening in your life and that you're not happy yeah, with it. Yeah. You're um, responding to the to the circumstances. Yeah, that's there, right. We're
0: all wiser in hindsight. Yeah, and. You're going back, if I went back like I am now, that's, I wouldn't even blink at totally sort of expressing my opinion without feeling so self-conscious about it. But um, I very much had a fear of, of judgment. Oh, really? you know, and it was a fear of, of, of social judgment. And it took a great deal of courage to get out of that and leave. But I, um, I travelled to America, like left that marriage and just took off overseas. Ran be- away.
1: Had you been overseas before?
0: No, I'd never been overseas before. Holy crap. So you we went gone off on, on my this. own.
1: Let's just paint this picture a little bit a little bit clearer. So you've been in this environment in this very goldfish bowl town. Yes. Where you were basically withdrew into yourself. Yeah. You decided to break free from the marriage in the goldfish yes. town and shoot over to one of the biggest countries in the world and you'd never been out of Australia.
0: Yes, that's correct. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, there, there was definitely a lot of personal development that happened in the meantime. I started reading Tony Robbins books and things like that and, and just having a really good think about the who I wanted to be, how I wanted to be, what I wanted to do with my life. And the, and the, real, the real reason for the breakdown with the, of the marriage was I couldn't see myself living there like that for the rest of my life and feeling in any way, shape or form happy. Right. So that was the the real he wasn't a terrible person or anything like that. It was just like he was wasn't, happy there. That, that, I was never going to be. So this wasn't right for you. That's it. Yeah. That's it. It wasn't right for me. That happens. It does. Yeah, it does. Uh yes, yeah, so off I go to um Canada and the States and I was on Amtrak and yeah, you know, on my own. So people you know, Americans are friendly. They just come up and talk to you. And they just come up and they just quite willingly share their life story, what's wow. and all. They'll, they'll tell you about, you know, the, the, the affairs, the divorces, the jail time, okay. um, all that kind of stuff, um, feeling suicidal. Uh-huh. They just lay it out all, all out on the table, not sensationalised, not looking for pity or anything at all like that, just like, yeah, this is my life, that's how it is. No judgement. Wow. And I found that I wasn't judging them. And I finally felt safe to like share my story without feeling like I was going to be judged.
1: Okay, that would have been refreshing.
0: It was ah, oh, it was an epiphany. Yeah. Yeah, and look, you or yeah, I mean yeah, there's still going to be people that do judge you, but you learn not to worry about them, you not do. to live your life by by fear of them. So well, hmm. you're not
1: defined by what other people think of you, and. and if people tend to think negatively or, or in a disparaging way yeah. against you, chances are they're not people you want in your life anyway.
0: Well, that's exactly right.
1: You know, if you surround yourself around toxic negative people, you are who who, and what you associate with. So you tend to probably be one of those people. If you surround yeah. yourself around positive and enlightened people, you tend to find a, a better way of enjoying your day.
0: Oh, absolutely. Could not agree more.
1: (laughs) So when you say, like, um, it's okay to be me, so this was... How long ago was this when you were in the States and stuff?
0: Ah, that was about 20 years.
1: So over the last 20 years, um, you have give us some of the highlights i know that you you've published a book i know that you are a connection coach i know um that you now are on the public speaking circuit are there other major elements that have happened over the past 20 years that's helped reshape the sally that i'm looking at today
0: yeah absolutely um i spent four months backpacking in africa oh my god how do i not know this (laughs) (laughs) oh no that was the most wonderful experience it really was um
1: Tell me more about africa what did you do over there what did you see
0: well i i had a sponsor child in malawi so i wanted to go and visit my sponsor child um but we flew into zimbabwe and and you know backpacked around and that sort of thing a little bit first went to victoria falls which is just wow. one of the most magnificent sites in the world i think and um but it's a people the people that are loved there so so much
1: i've heard rumors that the the, the people in a lot of the villages in Africa are the, like you said, the Americans are really nice and they come up and talk to you, but I hear that that's a completely different level over there. Is that right? Uh,
0: I learned about um, what generosity really is in Africa. Wow. That was really amazing. I, look, I know, that, you know the, the governments are corrupt and all that sort of thing, but your average person on the street is just so beautiful. They'll invite you to your, They'll invite you to their home and kill their last chicken to feed you. Oh, to man. me, that's like giving away my car. You know, if you look at the
1: equivalent, um, the equivalent yeah, yeah, yeah. here,
0: and they'll they'll do that without a second thought. Wow! So That's I learned a special a lot. kind of
1: human. Isn't
0: yeah, it? just so I learned a lot about the spirit of generosity, and I think I think that helped like just open something up in me.
1: Wow! Did you end up seeing the sponsored child? Yes. How was
0: that? Yes, it <laughs> was. It was gorgeous. It was. It was quite funny, actually. <laughs> oh, it was, um, they had all these uh, signs up because she went to a little school there, oh. and uh, they'd only just got a school that had a roof. They'd been under a tree for ages. They'd only just had a school that had a roof and desks, and they're still writing on slate. Oh which, yeah, you just, you just don't even think about that these days. Um, but they found some paper and some black paint and there were all these welcome Madam Sally signs everywhere. So they, and they did a dance and all sorts of things. But, but, yeah, I think it was the first time in my life I was called a madam. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. Mark Maybe that possibly one down. the last two, yeah. come to think of it. Like that one out, Arctic.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, I've I've got an author in New Zealand, uh, uh, Denise Carnahan, and she published with me well, probably about two years before I was working with you. And her book is called I Share My Heart with Africa. Oh. She discovered that her, her heritage came from Africa like she's a european new zealander and and when she discovered this she went over there and and reconnected you know a few generations apart but she reconnected with her family and she just fell in love with the place and she set up this um i've got a i'm so sorry if i say this wrong denise uh tamariki education Mm. centers and basically when you're talking about your sponsored child and Mm. the sort of educational environment they were in um denise and her husband and some supporters in new zealand would go over and they would build these mini schools Oh, and i think there's about when i was working with her there was about three now i think there's about 10 and she does massive tours over there and everything now with with um with her organization that does that and yeah i mean the 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 way she describes the people there are very similar to what you yes. just said, you know. that I haven't heard the analogy of they'd kill their last chicken to feed you, but um, it's similar. It's similar. Mm. They just seem to be so loving people, you know.
0: Yeah, they're just beautiful.
1: Were you backpacking on your own?
0: Uh, no. Okay. Um Gosh, this is this is spilling the beans, isn't it? Uh, that's why I don't give people the questions first.
1: So I gave you the questions first. You got Ocean. Don't ask me this. Don't ask me
0: this. <laughs> no, <we're laughs> uh, no, no. This was um this was my second marriage. We got married, oh. and four days later, took off to Africa. Spent some time there, and then went on to work in England. Okay. So so yeah, it was my my new husband and I were doing well, that that's one way to get to know each other yeah i am much as i like africa i don't know how safe i would have felt as a female no. on my own i yeah. definitely felt much safer with you know a six foot four burly burly fella beside me um we had no problems we did accidentally hitchhike with drug runners once and that was a little bit of a worry as you do yeah as you do <laughs> but that all turned out all right despite going through the police stop and things Oh, my <laughs> It <Fire laughs> wasn't out. until later I found I was uh, very comfortably sitting on about 20 kilos of hash. Oh. Yeah.
1: Totally had no idea. I had no idea.
0: Oh, my God. No idea until um, – actually, started to get a few warning signs, but by that time, it was a bit late to just, like, bail in the middle of nowhere. Far out. Um, but, yeah, it wasn't until I actually got off and thought – just gonna, uh, my husband actually thought you thought, I'm just going to have a quick look and see what's in here you know, as we – departing the back of the ute um, into the zip whoops, zip okay we're out of here
1: (laughs) wow and was this a hitchhiking yes so they pulled over and said
0: yeah we'll give you a ride Um, well we were were at uh, monkey bay okay at the time in malawi which is it's a really well-known spot for dope okay yeah we weren't there for that not that (laughs) there's anything wrong with that you know (laughs) where my expression was gonna go don't you know okay (laughs) yeah not what we were there for you know we were just chilling while we waited for our um our visas to get into mozambique
1: but they volunteered to give you a ride these people
0: Uh, i think we paid 10 bucks 10 of the local dollars which was like one dollar of okay. Australian. Well, I'm not in the drug yeah.
1: industry, so I have no idea. But I'm pretty sure that um, if there was drug running happening here and, and I was hitching on the side of the road, they'll tend not to pick you yeah. But hey, <laughs> you know, in Africa, everything <laughs> goes. Well, you mentioned you went to the UK. What, what were you doing over there? You said working over there?
0: Uh, yeah, just got a job working for the water board, just in accounts and on the phones and things like that. But uh, we both have heritage in okay. the UK. But it's funny you're talking about um, the other riders' connection with Africa. Yeah. It wasn't until... Uh, only a few years ago, you know, in which Africa was like 20 years ago, Mm. um, that my mum, who's doing our genealogy, found that I had like a great Uncle Frank and uh, he was building churches and things in um, many of the countries I visited and it was almost like I'd walked in his footsteps without Mm. even knowing I had any relatives who'd ever been there. Wow. Well, yeah. Yeah. You've got to wonder what gets in your blood and makes you love something, doesn't it?
1: Yeah. You? Look, that's, a, that's something else. And mm. I think, like, I, I'm pretty well, I'm adopted, so I can't really say on gospel, but um, I'm pretty confident. I'm, I'm, the colour of my skin and stuff, I'm definitely from the UK. Um, mm. But I'll tell you one thing I think culture is, is in a lot of ways bred into you as well, because since being over in Australia, one thing I've really missed is the Mori culture. And I probably yeah. took it for granted when I was over home and I was in it and, you know, coming over here and being aware of how the Indigenous culture is here and, and you know, the good's the bad's the ugliest. But one thing yeah. I've noticed is that um, through the Indigenous people that I've met in Australia, the ones that have the love of culture, whoa, they set the bar oh. of, 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 in my mind, of connection with their heritage and their history and their and, and their culture and it makes it makes me miss the maori culture back home yes. you know and i guess that if you're discovering little parts of yourself that are all over the world like in africa yeah. you can look at that differently now you know yeah
0: definitely oh, definitely. definitely oh yeah and i i understand it, it africa it gets in your blood it gets mm. in your heart and uh, i will get back there one day
1: hey with any luck we'll be traveling in 2022 i've been told so hopefully yes. that will be the case uh many people uh i'm not going to answer that, ask that question go going back <laughs> to networking um actually no i will a lot of people think networking is challenging to the point that it becomes pretty overwhelming Okay, and they find it quite hard to handle. And in fact, in my career, there's been uh, earlier on. I actually did find this difficult because I Mm -hmm. didn't know how to engage with some of the others in my field, especially in the educational publishing world. Uh, What do? Why do you think people believe that? Why do they? You know, they find that overwhelming going into it.
0: I think um, they have an expectation of what they're supposed to do. Okay. I think a lot of people still think that networking is about you've got to put yourself forward, you've got to sell yourself and, and that kind of thing. And a lot of us aren't really comfortable doing that. So that's why I changed the whole definition of networking about being, about building relationships and being of service to others. Yeah. It's a lot easier to walk into a room and go, who can I help than walk into a room and go, who's my target market, who can I sell to? Yeah. That's awful. Yeah. And it's not what it should be about.
1: I felt that I had imposter syndrome back then, and that was like I was so new in the industry, and and going and speaking with other educators and and stuff. I I didn't know my staff, and going, I'd look like an idiot, so I'd yeah. fake it, and it just felt wrong. Yeah, it really did, and I did get overwhelmed, and it was very difficult. I remember a trade conference I went to. the I went to the first day. I didn't go the second. Never told my boss, but oh. I, I was. Man, I've never told anyone this. Jeez, this supposed to be about you, not me.
0: <laughs> That's a okay. ocean we connect on our vulnerability. <laughs> but it we was. Really I, do. I
1: was incredibly overwhelmed because I felt I was out of my depth. Yes. And and you know, the... the and the you know,
0: it's actually okay to feel like that. Yeah. It's okay to turn up at something and and um, see someone. Or go and talk to the organiser. Tell the organiser, look, this is my first thing I've ever been to. What do I do? Who Mm. do I talk to? And any organiser worth their salt will at least introduce you to someone else so that, you know, here's so-and-so. They've been to a few of these. Have a chat with them. They'll make you, you know, they'll make you welcome and feel comfortable.
1: Yeah, so it it is a real, it's real. It's not something that people have misunderstood or or they feel that, you know, it's... it's not accurate. Uh, it's a feeling. Feelings yeah, are valid. Yeah, that's right. Because now, I mean, I, I know how I shoot it. I, I know what I know and I, don't, I know what I don't know. Yes. And I'll be the first person to sit there and go, look, when it comes to networking, I really don't know the ins and outs of it. I just talk and hopefully people want to know me. So, hey, well with it. <laughs> <laughs> but, hey, when you're, when you're an introvert, that's a little bit more challenging and, and I guess yeah. that's what your book's here to do, isn't yes. it? Yes. All right. Um, what's the best tip you can give to someone in a networking environment?
0: Oh, I probably just gave it and oh, said, you did. Yeah, "Oh, yeah. yeah, pretty much." Is that um, don't worry about yourself, mm. just just meet other people, see how you can help them, focus on them, learn about them.
1: Mm. And then, like I said earlier, is that um, the networkers are the best listeners, and I think active listening is a great skill to have to show your communication levels. If yeah. you can actively listen and you know respond accordingly, you're feeling the other person's feeling engaged; they want to keep talking to you. Yes, you know that's so cool. Um, as an author, you know the, this, the book you did with me is the first book you've done, eh? Yes, right. So, what is something that you learned about yourself as an author that you didn't expect?
0: Um, I'm I'm not always the most organised person, but I found putting the structure of the book together like really easy. Okay. Yes. So, so that was that was. A bit S- of an epiphany. Nice and surprising. <laughs> it's always good
1: when you find positive things out of writing and publishing. Yes, yes. Okay.
0: Um, I think I've discovered how much I love writing as well, like you said, and how that. much it lets me. Um, I, I think share vulnerabilities. I might not even. I wrote things in the book that i didn't verbalize that i hadn't verbally shared with anyone Mm. and i had to be i had to be brave i had to find courage and go okay if i'm going to do this thing i'm doing it properly and i'm sharing the parts of me that that are relevant to this so other people can see where i came from and that i really was you know terrified in these circumstances and how I used to handle it so badly and, <laughs> and how much better it was now because if you just go in and, and just make it this dry sort of this is what you do um
1: well, it doesn't. Really it doesn't. To you. It
0: doesn't work quite the same as sharing your own experiences, as well as giving really great instructions of step to step. Well, it makes it easy.
1: relatable, and that's what you want yeah, as a writer. You know, you right. want your readers to be able to relate to the, to the insights you're giving. Yes. And the only way to do that is to give them examples and case studies. And yeah. you are always going to be, as the author, the best case study. Yes. You know, they're buying your book for a reason. Yeah uh was there anything else that throughout publishing or throughout the marketing process that you discovered or things that you didn't like or was it tell us dig deep
0: <sighs>
1: i know it's Book been marketing
0: right. is a really 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 steep learning curve yep and i still haven't done anywhere as near near as much as i should i know or, or that <laughs> i know <laughs> Oh gosh, but the, the good thing is it's never too late.
1: No, no.
0: Um, it's never too late and I have all this wonderful information from Ocean and all these uh, you know, plans and things like that and it's never too late. Uh, this is the year. This is the year when you'll see more of me.
1: I think that there's a. This is perfect timing to do the revised edition. Yes. And you know, you're you're putting the ebook out there. You're putting the audio book out there. That's all going to come out. Um, by the time this podcast actually goes to air, it'll probably be out. So oh, perfect. You know, and and I think coming off the back of COVID, where you know there's been a lot of uncertainty about how certain things are going to look like in this new world that we're going to mm. be in. Um, I think networking in general regardless of being introvert or extrovert is going to change and how how we interact in these environments is going to change and you know i think it's really good timing to bring out i
0: i totally agree uh we're, we're looking more and more for that connection because covid has isolated a lot of people who had previously had this support system at work and things like that they're now They're now feeling quite isolated. More people working remotely and things like that. Mm. But it's also just a general. It's not just work. It's just this general feeling in the world that, holy, holy crap! You know, things can things can really turn. Yeah. And we, um, I I think it's helping put the focus back on how important relationships are and having having your support, having your support network, Mm. and. Um, I'd met a lot of my friends networking. So, you know, my best friends, and Absolutely. we're really close. And, you know, it's, we do business together sometimes or, we'll, you know, refer each other, that sort of thing. But it's not why we, we have such a great relationship, it's because, you know, we've connected. Mm. And you know, it's our tribe.
1: That's it, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, it's our tribe. One of the things I noticed back in uh, when 9 11 happened is that, uh, and I, it was mainly out of my industry that I noticed it. Uh, there was, well the creative industries in general, was that uh, when we as, as the general population would go and uh, download a new uh, piece of music or would buy a book or would, would go and you know, hire a film or whichever we were doing, um, there was a greater need to feel more about, well know more and feel more connected to that artist, to that creative. And I could definitely see in the publishing industry that there was this huge shift for readers to want to know the authors. And I think that came out of 9/11 because the, the the awareness of we do not we've our little safe bubble that we thought we lived in yes. suddenly got burst. Yes. And then since then, with everything that's happened with the terrorism, both you know in Australia and New Zealand, even mm. you know that's been our little safe part of the world even mm-hmm. got jeopardised. And then COVID comes along and just you know affects everyone. Yeah, you know, uh, and and uh, that's why I'm endorsing 100% what you're saying about the need of of having authentic relationships and greater yeah. connections. Now has become even more of a focus for us, yeah. and you know there are people out there looking for resources, looking for um, support groups, and in, in a lot of ways of of how we can make that work yeah. in this new world. Um, I'm excited to see what your book's going to do on that.
0: Yes, yes, me too. It's going to be massive.
1: See. What inspires you?
0: i think seeing other people um do good i just love seeing others step step up and uh you know take a stand and help others out that's what i find inspirational
1: oh jeez, i love catching up with you <laughs> it's too good uh okay well that was an easy answer I'll try this one what's your favorite word
0: my favourite word I know I oh. did not
1: have that in this this morning i I put it in there just before you could turn up
0: oh, uh, it's just a toss-up between love and connection I think
1: You're just a that's,
0: that's what it's all about
1: she's holding her heart I love it I love <laughs> it if there were no barriers or constraints financially or otherwise what would you be doing
0: What would I do? Oh, probably... Oh, travel. I'd be travelling, travelling, travelling. I'd be writing about my travels and I'd be vlogging and I'd be driving a Mustang across America (sighs) and (laughs) just having a a great time, sharing that great time with people um to inspire them to go have a you know good time and enjoy living their life too. Oh, I love that. I, but love I do that. I do have a good time. I do enjoy my life. I do too.
1: And I think oh man you've hit, you've hit something for me because I we had this plan. I'm a big cruiser. I love going on cruises. Oh, yes. Me and Vicky Jane since we've been in Australia we've probably done about nine, ten 10 cruises. And we were coming off. It was when the fires were happening because I remember we we sailed out of Sydney and it was like grey as anything, and that was the last cruise we went on. And we decided on that cruise we were going to do. We were going to travel over to the States around about October, November of 2020.
0: Ah, yes. That was the
1: plan. I mean, this is 2019, my last cruise, mm-hmm. and we were going to hire a convertible. Yep. and a road trip it from um, L.A. because we we're going to obviously live yes. in L.A. to Nashville and go to the Country Music Awards.
0: Oh, how fantastic. And I was fantastic. just like, oh my God, I, had go- I would oh. just love
1: to have been able to do that. So, you know, I really do hope that we do get back into a space where we can travel freely. Yeah, and,
0: absolutely. And I have done the hire, the must- the convertible Mustang um, in L.A. thing and uh, I just had it for a week or two you know, in Vegas and... Oh, yeah. Because I love the deserts, through Nevada and all that. Yeah, just driving a convertible. The funny thing is, uh, the funny. Yeah, isn't it funny though? I know that convertible was white, but in my mind, when I picture it, it's red.
1: (laughs) That's because you're just. Every time I see you, you're wearing red. Red, Uh, yeah, red's your color. Red, the color of love. Yes, I love it. I love it. Okay, I've only got a couple more questions, which is really good because we're we're nearly up with time. What is the best tip you have for others thinking about becoming an author?
0: Do it. Just do it. Start writing.
1: And clearly with you and what you've said to us today, you've discovered another part of yourself creatively that's just opened up a lot with your writing. Oh,
0: absolutely. So you
1: find different parts of yourself by by going through that journey. Oh,
0: yes. Yes. I find that I share little bits and pieces of my life in um, bits of, of fictional writing. I really love fast fiction. So right. just, you know, the 500, 800 word, um, pack a lot of story into a few words sort of, of thing. I'm an economical writer, um, but Are I any love of those.
1: That. Have any of those gone out to, like, ebook or anything? Are they available? to uh,
0: That will be happening. That yeah. will definitely be happening. They're on Medium at the moment, so okay. you can read... Some of those on Medium, and um, I've probably one of my favourites was written about cruising. Actually, because oh, yeah. <laughs> I love cruising I too. My Medium, <laughs> remind me of that. It's it's um it's called One Last Honeymoon, oh, yeah. and uh, yeah, but anyway, I won't won't give you all the details there. But it, it does it has a twist. Is there Definitely a, has a twist.
1: Is there a link from your website to the Medium page?
0: Yes. There yeah. You, you can just uh, Google up my name, Sally Eberhart medium all right and it will take you there and uh you can read some of my my stories and, and articles and all sorts of things there
1: and your website is sallyeberhart.com it is i'll spell that out e b e e b e r h a r d t correct nice and easy i've yes. got one final question yes and it's one very close to my heart if you could have one superpower what would it be
0: oh one superpower
1: and don't, just because you're an introvert, say invisibility, because that's not going to cut itself.
0: Oh no, <laughs> I, I actually wouldn't want that. Good, good, good. Um, oh, I'd, I'd love to be able to like, solve world problems like hunger and poverty and things like that. I don't know if that's quite a superpower.
1: I'm going to say it is. We're going to say it is. We're going to say the peace power. Peace power. Oh, I like that. Power of peace. I love Power of
0: peace, actually, yes. That would be, yeah, actually, if you could just help people um, work together to make it a better world and maybe a a greed and selfishness killer. Oh, I love it. I love it. (laughs) Get rid of that. This is
1: why I love my authors. I love talking to you guys. Um, I've always been a fan of having an environment where we could bring stories to life that could inspire positive change in the world, and it starts with having authentic authors wanting to do that. By no means would there be anyone greater than what I've known about you for the last three years and the experiences we've had and I was so grateful to um be a large part of your book launch when we launched it oh, uh, oh it was
0: a wonderful night i
1: didn't know that daniel was there because i was like meeting daniel the other day this is this is, uh he's, daniel's a guy putting on a digital marketing seminar in february uh-huh. and i met him the other day i said, oh yeah pleased to meet you said, i've already met you and i was like what hey eh? and i felt so embarrassed because he was at the launch and he came up to me and i was oh, like <laughs> i'm so sorry <laughs> but um it was really cool and you had such the greatest venue and the best turnout it was so good
0: it was a really special night. Yes, well, let's hope we have that. Ag-
1: let's hope we have that again for the new release.
0: The Ooh, yes,
1: nothing wrong with having a party.
0: <laughs> yep
1: <laughs> didn't think about that, but yeah. <laughs> Sally, I want to thank you so much for coming and sitting with me. I've really enjoyed it.
0: Oh, me too. It's so great to see you. Thanks for the opportunity.
1: You're welcome, and we will see you guys next time
0: on the Author Angle. You have been listening to an Author Angle, brought to you by Ocean Reef Publishing. Bringing stories to life. www.oceanarypublishing.com